listeners to episode 25 of the Empty Rooms of Gorsky Manor. This is tale four of the things in the corners of Gorsky Manor. Time with Harry. But where is he? This is our time of play, a time of hide-and-seek in shadowy corners, behind unseen rooms. Yet Harry remains elusive, and worst, I find myself stuck within my past. Yet I feel the strong pull to the manor, calling me back. Feathers had returned. Thank the moon and stars. You have come, I greeted her, feeling less alone within my past, here in my childhood basement behind the old furnace. She had landed upon my Ouija board and placed her foot within the black Algie's room, waiting there above the yes of the board just as a key would. I felt into this odd spot. A rune keyhole rang from the knowing. A rune is a key. With a twist of her ankle, she unlocked something. Keyhole magics open to the unknown, yet release something some things. As she removed her foot, unknown things burst forth from the board, spirit after spirit, crawling shadows, mists, smoke of shapeless forms, all burst forth from an inner place, trapped there, within the corridor of the Ouija gateway all now rushing out into this dark corner of my basement, hovering, swirling, all eager to be free, all crowding together, freed yet confined. Should they be released? I had no answer, but voice had shared, yes. Yet I felt perhaps they should not. Feathers! I screamed loudly, as these spirits were not silent, each freely sharing their voices, screeching in pleasure. Do not worry, mistress. Feathers said with amazing calmness. The passageway had to be cleared. Awaken surely. She can direct them to where they must go. <sighs> I pulled Shirley from within a pocket beneath my sweater, where I had tucked her for safety. I gently whispered her name, hoping she could hear me above the ruckus that continued to swirl around us. I was relieved to see they remained contained in a whirlwind above my Ouija board, not able to flow too far from its containment. 
I did not want to unleash them to harass my unsuspecting family. Shirley's eye opened wide, and I saw it dart this way and that as she took in this wild sight before us. Can you help? I asked her, holding her up for a better look. She let out. Oh, yes, I agreed with her. Where is the crack? She asked, looking around quickly. Crack? I said, confused. Yes, dear. The one you came through to get here. She explained sharply. Where did I come from? I had not fully paid attention, being so shocked when first I comprehended where I was. I thought quickly and remembered the crack between the cellar wall and the furnace area. Over there, I told her, pointing to the spot. Take me there, quickly. Once there, she said, Feel for the keyhole. That is where I must go. I started in the middle of the crack, slowly feeling down and up for that spot that I knew my fingers would simply pass through. And yes, there it was, up almost above my reach, as I watched my fingers disappear into the wanted spot. I released Shirley from the chain, standing on tiptoes to ease her gently into the keyhole. The screaming and howling went silent the second I heard the tumblers turn, each spirit stopping dead, staring intensely at us, watching Shirley. Shirley popped out of the keyhole, jumping back into my hands. At the keyhole spot, a very small crack was now visible. A strange mixture of gold and copper glowed and swirled within. Then a tiny pinpoint of blue light flowed out from within the swirl. It glowed there for just a moment and then shot its beam into the hovering storm of spirits. <gasps> there was shock in the eyes of the spirits that had eyes. I expected their screams to return, but they remained silent. Their postures went limp, as if a great weight lifted. A sense of relief filled the air. One by one, they moved to the beam and quickly flowed into it, gently escorted to the portal keyhole, each quickly disappearing out of sight. <gasps> I watched, feeling like an assembly line in a factory. I could see their continued exit from the Augie's keyhole on the Ouija board. Each released a quick whimper as they looked to see where they were, but no time to scream as they attached to the blue light and disappeared into the crack portal. Soon, all was quiet. All were gone. Where have they gone? 
I asked Shirley with concern. I did not want them to be hurt or worse. Home, she said simply. I gave her a questioning look. Most spirits, sprites, imps, and demons just want to go home. They have wandered too far and cannot find their way back. Put me back into the keyhole, please, she requested. I lifted her again, and I heard her lock it firmly. We saw feathers do the same thing on the Ouija board. I came and sat by the board, which no longer showed the rune keyhole. Ready to go back to the manor, dear? Yes, let's go back to the manor. Oh, yes, I said with great relief. How? You do know the way. Really? I said, thinking how I had no sense of even how I had gotten here. Ah, yes, you do. Lots of things. Caw, in the corners. Caw, caw. I gave one last look at my old Ouija board with affection. All this started right here. Such a long time passing in between. Now the two ends of this thread, this tale, connected and told. A wonderful, magical moment of clarity flowed over me. The full telling of the tale, my tale. Where shall we go, dearie? To find Harry. Use your Ouija board. It knows you well. Feathers landed upon my shoulder. I put Shirley back on her chain, and using my two pointer fingers, I tapped on the letters of the board. H A R R Y G O R S K I Harry. Gorski. Then one hand I placed on yes, one I placed on no, and we were instantly somewhere, somewhere else. <gasps> Yet it all was hazy. In a few moments, I could I could see. We were in a closet. The door was of open slats. Like in those scary movies in the swamp, something spooky always lurking behind them, peeking in on you. A light shone through the space between the slats, a light of changing colors, blue, green, orange, red. It reminded me of the old holiday spotlight that creaked and squeaked as it slowly spun its rainbow over our Christmas tree. I stood in the back of this closet, 
wondering where we might be as I looked around. The walls contained small shelves that were filled with jars and jars of unknown things. Some jars had things floating in a liquid. Some jars full with what looked like herbs, stones, trinkets. So very many jars full up to the high ceiling. I backed away from the ones closest to me as I could see movement within. I I didn't want to look too closely as I thought I saw eyes reflecting in the changing colored lights looking back at me. I quickly turned the closet doorknob and slowly opened it, peeking into the room trying not to make it squeak as most doors here in the manor do. There before me, sitting on a grand wing-back chair, besides a huge blazing fireplace, was Harry. Well, there you are, my dear, he said, not looking up from the book he was reading. Did you enjoy the homecoming? I hesitated, as I definitely was not happy with him, leaving me alone in the last tale. You were never alone, actually, he said, reading my mind. Truly, you jest, I responded. Here, he said, putting down his book and motioning for me to join him by the fire. Let me make it up to you. Hmm. Oh, how about you ask me one question, your next question, and I will answer it fully and truthfully. He said, his curious attempt in making amends. Yet, that was an exciting offer, an amazing offer. Oh, there was so much to ask, but only one question? I have your favorite chair waiting for you. Without agreeing to his terms, I moved and sat on the black ladderback chair that was next to him. Yes, he knew my favorite chair. It is always within my journeys. The cushion was so soft and comfortable, with a unique woven pattern of many colored threads. Feathers still upon my shoulder hopped to sit on the chair's back post. I was deeply pleased to see she stayed with me. In front of the fire slowly turned a kaleidoscope, a wheel of some sort, made of fascinating stained-glass pieces. As the fire burned, its energy turned the wheel causing the firelight to change colors as it slowly spun round and round. 
mesmerizing. Such a joyous toy, Harry said, staring intently at the wheel. I almost asked where Simon was, but caught myself. That could have been the one question. This will be tricky. Yes, my dear. Not easy at all. (laughs) He laughed. I am going to have to be very careful of what I say and think around him. It is so unsettling when they read my thoughts. I really need to use this offer wisely, though. Every question I may speak could be taken as the question. I started to feel angry and perturbed. This is not nice, I stated coldly. We must have an understanding. I considered for a moment, then continued. When I know what the question will be, I will state, this is the question. All other incidental questions will simply be normal conversational questions. Touché, my dear, touché. Well thought out. I agree. Shake hands. I look to him with caution. Is he trustworthy? Oh, see, there is a question again. Is he making fun of me? Another question. My, it's hard to even think without questions. I accepted his hand with a firm shake. I see you still wear my hat. It does become you he said with that crooked smile and twinkle in his eye. My heart gave a flutter. Yes, it suits me fine, I responded, giving the hat a tap, yet not offering it back to him. So why did you not accompany me to my home? I asked. Ah, there, already a question. He looked at me, acknowledgement in his eyes that he knew that was a question, but answered, That time was for you alone, my dear. What shall we do now together? We sat and watched the kaleidoscope of glass slowly turn casting its rainbow of colors across us, each color an entity, an ancient being, sharing ancient knowledges meant to be felt. Strikes the full wakes. I'm 
dreamy trance of the spinning kaleidoscope. Sometimes it is a mysterious concept. We are each essentially alone within ourselves. We should grow to know comfort as time moves forward, yet we find we yearn for that elusive comfort with those those that have gone. I thought of this manner. It calls and welcomes those alone. Yes, yet the manner feels alone too. But the manner offers comfort, companionship, a deep stirring that turns into exhilaration, excitement, adventure, something that piques one's interest deep, deep in our hearts and keeps us going. Yes, I do feel that here within these walls. It's nice. I shared from my heart. What are you waiting for? Harry asked, touching my shoulder, breaking the spell these musings and the colors held me in. You, I said without thinking. With a shock of realization, I looked at him, ready to deny what I had just said, not really knowing why I said it. With a veiled smile I did not comprehend, 
he thankfully changed his inquiry. Well, here we be, together. Time is long here within the manor, but not endless. Let's not waste a minute. With that, he got up and looked around the room as if considering where to go. I rose too, watching the colors bounce and flow across all the mysterious and magical things within this room. What is this room? I asked. This be my sitting room. It holds my treasures, my memories. This is where I first spoke to you from. I don't invite just anyone within. Feeling pleased with that statement, I walked around the room, looking at all the amazing pretties he had collected. I felt homesick for a brief moment, for my cottage home and my pretties, all the bits and bobs I myself have amassed over the years, each one added with care. I came upon a chessboard with the most unusual pieces, the board of the usual black and white, but the pieces carved in a theme of bees. How unusual, yet wonderful. This made me think of the manor as a hive, all these inhabitants buzzing around, bringing their honey, their sweet yet sorrowful stories into the fold. As I walked past the game, I could swear I heard a buzzing. I came to the closet door, from which I had entered through. Harry, what are those things in the jars? I asked Harry, not sure I really wanted to know. Harry joined me, opening the double doors wide. He said, Oh, let me show you. This is my collection. As he opened the doors, I hadn't felt the extent of this closet when I passed through in the shadows, for it was of a very high stature, shelves upon shelves up twenty feet or more, and jars, each and every one of a different shape and size, each of a colored or etched glass each with a unique cover. I noticed one with carved wooden bees, another with standing stones. Each contains a different kind of magic, he stated proudly. My, I whispered in awe. I had not realized there were so many this realization was astonishing. He looked at the many shelves, each jar full of something. I could see him considering which to share. He decided, picking a frosted glass jar of pink, 
its cover held a large, glowing pink quartz crystal. This magic is of unconditional love, a great magic, yet a fickle magic, when it comes to loving oneself. He handed me the jar, and I gazed inside. Pink mist swirled within, as the tendrils collided together, little sparks ignited. I felt comfort and affection and offered friendship peering out of its depths. I looked to Harry, what an insightful and endearing jar to choose first. Now, this is a good one, Harry said with excitement as he replaced the pink jar and took down a very uniquely shaped one. Keyhole magics, he said, handing it to me to look inside. Let me see inside. Let me see. Shirley called, wiggling within my pocket. Of course, she would be interested in keyholes. I handed her to Harry as I took the jar from him. The shape of this jar, it can only be described as a corner, two sides connected together in a V shape. I don't think I have ever seen a jar like this. Its glass was clear, with a slight gray hue, having ridges like stripes that rippled in the fire's light. The cover held a carved skull of crystal. I couldn't see the connection, though, as a skull is connected to the divine and wisdom like a crystal ball, but much more ancient energies. An old friend had an extensive collection of them, unique pairing with the keyhole. Yes, which is a portal for spirits to travel through. There is a crystal called a key quartz. Look within. It can help you unlock and see answers to your questions. His mentioning questions was not lost on me. That was the connection to the crystal skull. Very strong magics. High vibrations. One needs to take it slowly to work within them. I thought of the word key. Word magics began to flow from the knowing. K, the rune Kanaz a way to go anywhere, creatively, a tale that needs to be told. E, the rune Evas, exploring slowly, precisely, with trusted companions. And Y, the rune Algis, how intriguing, as this is the rune that appeared on my Ouija board as the keyhole. We all huddled together to gaze into this jar. 
Within, I saw cracks, opening to another crack inside, then another and another. Arms extended out from each of these cracks, beckoning. I also saw flashes of eyes peeking out of keyholes that gave me the shivers. Yet, if they can peek out, I for surely could peek in. A synchronicity. It did not escape me. Oh, no. I'll return to the pocket now, dear. Thank you. Shirley said with alarm, closing her eye as she had seen something peeking out. What did you see? I asked her with concern. Nothing I care to speak out loud. (sighs) She said with a shiver. I placed her back in my pocket and gave her a safe pat of comfort. I looked to Harry with confusion. He shook his head. We each see what we need to see. It is not always pretty. He took the jar and returned it to its shelf. He pointed to a jar of cobalt blue glass. A circle of lapis lazuli crystal hairs spiraled on its cover. A crystal of knowledge and intuition. A very favorite of mine. And we have had intimate doings with the rabbit clock mystery spell. Word magics, he said, pointing to another jar. This brought feathers to join us, for we all know this is her speciality. A most beautiful jar with a white raven on its cover. How perfect. I may be mistaken, but I think that raven was alive as it flapped its wings gently at us. I could spend forever here exploring each and every jar. How does one work with them all? I asked Harry. He pursed his lips. Another missed question and shook his head. Many, many lifetimes. Here, here, this is the perfect place to begin. He reached up and brought another lovely jar down. It was of an amber-brown glass, the shape of a mason jar. On the cover, twisted and braided, was yarn, woven together into a lotus of sacred geometry. He opened the top, and all the colors of the rainbow burst forth. It was frightfully beautiful. A strange word to describe its beauty, but appropriate if you could see it. The colors swirled around us, encircled our bodies, flowed into and through us before settling into specific places on and within our bodies. Quickly, he said, taking my hand, leading me over to an ornate floor-length mirror. Look, 
he said, pushing me in front of it. I could see the colors that swirled around me and in me. Astonishing. Look deeper. See your aura. This jar contains auric magics. Quickly, what do you see as one's aura is ever changing? I looked deeply at myself in the mirror. The many colors began to fade. I then saw my heart beating bright and red. Yet there was a black hole in it. Little drops of black light dripped from the hole down into my belly. Around both shoulders wrapped a donut shape, clear in color, swirling round each arm to shoulder. But they felt heavy, oppressive. And yet around my head, a circle of ethereal white energy slowly flowed, expanding outward into honey yellow. I shared this with Harry, and he shared what he had seen within his aura. Interesting that a ghost continues to emit an aura. Very exceptionally intriguing, he said, rubbing his chin in thought. What does it mean? I asked. I don't really know much about auras, I shared, very much aware it was a question. Harry returned the jar to the closet and closed the door. I know the perfect manner inhabitant. I believe he knows and can interpret our auras. He lives in the winter room of the moors. Come, sit with me, I beckoned Harry to return to his chair by the fire, and I to mine. A little bumblebee came and landed on my nose. I have the question for you. Blessings and hugs, dear listeners. Listeners. 